Welcome to more details, please, with your hosts, Emmanuel and Angela Williams, where we dive deeper into conversations with visionary entrepreneurs to discover what it takes to turn passion into purpose. Listen to real-world stories from self-starters and trailblazers and discover strategies and innovations shaping a greener future. Whether you are a seasoned business person or just starting out, let this be your go-to resource for inspiration and actionable tips for success. Join us now as we create a brighter, greener future together. Welcome to More Details, Please, broadcasting live in the Phoenix Business Radio X studio in Tempe, Arizona, where we help entrepreneurs turn their passion into purpose. We're your hosts, Angela. And Emmanuel Williams. And today, we're in the studio with Divya. And we're so excited to have Divya here with us because... She doesn't know this yet, but much of what she has to share is what I need to know. So this is a free coaching session. Thank you, Divya. <laughs> this is the best. I love it. <laughs> well, Divya, I want to thank you for coming on to the show. You know, the theme of our show is entrepreneurs turning their passion into purpose. And I am just really, really excited to have you here because you've been doing so much training and teaching and helping people. And with today, we really want to know where does that come from? What what motivates you and drives you to serve um, the way that you have been serving the community and people? And how do you utilize your passion and turn it into purpose? We would love to hear that story. But before you start, Divya, I, I do want to give our listeners a little bit about your background. So Divya Darlings, she has a vast list of accomplishments to include a degree in neuroscience, psychology, and cognitive sciences. She's authored books, journals, and coaching programs, as well as hosted more than 20 retreats in collaboration with other yoga luminaries and new paradigm leaders. She is humble, for sure. And she is definitely showing us that she is one that will go with the flow, but more so than anything, Divya has a zest to enlighten up our world to make it more palatable, and we are excited about that. So, Divya, let's start off with, tell us a bit about you. Who is Divya? Your background, where'd you come from, where you live? Tell me about Divya. Who is Divya? So, I can answer the question, who is Divya, from the perspective of Divya, the character. <laughs> I call it the costume that that uh, that we wear. So, you know, I can give you the biological details. Like I grew up in Washington, D.C. I grew up to first-generation immigrants. My parents are Indian. The name Divya is an Indian name. Sanskrit means divine light. I could tell you more about my obsession with the brain, understanding human behavior, psychology, how that led me to study that at university. These, these are some of the things from my background. But really, when you ask me, who am I? That is a question that the sages of the ages have been exploring. And that's like the flashlight that guides us home to the truth of who we are, which is infinite awareness, pure consciousness. So for me, often when I'm asked, who is Divya? That's, that's like, okay the Divya character that, you know, it's like in a, 
in a movie, Will Smith is my one of my favorite actors. He's also a method actor, and 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 you know all of the different characters that he's played. Oh, you know, consciousness, we the one, consciousness show up. There's very many, all the different characters, and so here in the Divya form, there is such a passion for understanding human behavior, conscious like consciousness is so fascinating, and our brains and how we create consciousness. And so these are the things that I that's uh, driven me in my in my research and my studies and my exploration and all the work that I do with my clients. I'm lit by that question that's like, who am I? Who am I really? Who am I? Wow. That that was deep already. So if that was just the first question, get ready. We are <laughs> about to go on a ride. <laughs> I I do not like playing in the shallows. I must say, I like it bores me to tears when we don't get to the the real juice and meat of why are we here on this planet? And I know a lot of people are asking themselves those questions today, entrepreneurs and everyone alike. And to really be able to answer that question is important. It's an attitude, though. So if we look at the entrepreneur attitude. What does that mean? Because if you don't have the ability to be an entrepreneur, you can't. I mean, what what, what is entrepreneur attitude to start with? Mm-hmm. So entrepreneur, so the way that I understand the entrepreneurial attitude is this ability, any entrepreneur, I've, and I've coached hundreds, they'll tell you there's this perseverance, this tenacity, this willingness. It's not how many times you fall down. It's how many times you get back up after you fall down. You know, and it's that um, one of my first coaching programs that I authored is called Your Success Code, and it's a mindset gym. And in Your Success Code, the first focus sheet is a learning mindset. So it's there's there's no there's no such thing as failure, only feedback. And this is this kind of mindset, this approach of we're all just learning, we're all just we're discovering, we're playing. It's like when you meet a like a, a two-year-old, a, a, a three-year-old, like a kindergarten kid, they're just like, everything's an adventure. They're just exploring. It's just that learning mindset. And the entrepreneurs that that are, um, I coach a lot of seven, eight-figure entrepreneurs. It's that, that approach, that mindset of like, I'm just here to play. I'm just here to play. <laughs> like, I just, there's just... You know, I'm I'm here to 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 learn, to discover, and there's there's an awareness. Like one thing that I I I love to remind people is the brain actually learns faster by making mistakes. So when we like, if you have imaginable throwing darts, I don't know if you, you've ever played darts, but we we learn how to hit the target by missing the target. So the same way, it's like we learn how to ride a bike by falling off a bike because we need both the I've succeeded and I've failed, you know, that quote unquote Mm -hmm. failed experience of I haven't made the target. So what I really, the work that I do in, in the modality transcendental brain training is to normalize this missing the target because all it is is learning that will support you in reaching the target, right? And that's what we're all aiming for. As entrepreneurs, we've got something in mind. We've got this idea, this thing. I want to create this thing. I want to, you know, and we're just kind of figuring it out. We're just figuring it out. And 
and the more that we can have that learning mindset, that that's the entrepreneurial attitude, really. You know, if I was to drill it down to, you know, what's the seed of it? What's the heart of it? It's that. Can I play with what's here now? And can I not make it mean anything like, oh, I'm a failure and I this and I that. No, no. <laughs> okay. That didn't go as I, <laughs> all right, have another go. <laughs> Off we go. Well, Divi, I have a question. And I know you do a lot of training and coaching. And there's a lot of things that goes on in our lives that causes challenges. There's a lot of things that goes on in our lives that kind of take us to a dark place. And with the conditioning and the uh, influences around us, um, and we tend to be trapped in this egoic mind structure pattern, how are you able and what are some of your methods to take a person and get them to a place. I mean, I'm feeling your energy is so light, it's so loving, and it's so playful. How do you take a person from that place and get them and help them to find some space to be able to grow in a way where they can get to that level of consciousness? Because consciousness is just pretty much your ability to be aware. And I look at it as a light, you know, shining a light. It's sort of like if it's half dark, you may be able to see some things, but you might trip on a shoe. But if you turn the light on a little brighter, you, oh, I see the shoe so I can jump over the shoe so the shoe is not an issue anymore. And so, you know, I love your name because that summarizes who we are and why we're here is to be the light of consciousness. And so how do you utilize your abilities to take a person and try to help them to become aware of the consciousness that they are to help them to transcend their situations. Debbie, I told you um, we were going to lay on your couch because he is definitely <laughs> asking you for that free coaching advice. So yeah, go beautiful. right ahead. That's, that's <laughs> what it's all about. That's honestly why I do podcasts. But because I get the, the opportunity to coach leaders that I wouldn't normally. And I love the question that you're asking. And it speaks to, so the, at the core of, the modality that I've created, transcendental brain training. At the core of it, the so it's let me zoom out by saying transcendental brain, brain training. I don't want to assume that that listeners know what this is. So this is a a, a modality that operates from the premise that um, we are multidimensional beings. So you said we're we're divine light, and the consciousness is all pervasive. We are that, and there's always another level of awareness. We can continue to enlighten up. That's the title of my first book. So as we educate ourselves, uh, you know, as we come to discover our own multidimensional nature, the number one way I suggest that is meditation. Every single person that, um, that I work with, I, I like to give them an embodied experience of what it feels like to reside in emptiness because we do have busy egoic minds. Egoic minds are very, very busy (laughs) and life loves, loves to throw curveballs, all kinds of different things, you know, and meditation really is the way that we train the body and mind to know what the reference point for home is. And when we know what that reference point for home is inside ourselves, it's basically 
we're, we're then able to navigate to that in and through, right? So um, I was actually listening to another podcast recently, and, and I love this metaphor that the woman used. She talked about how meditation, it's not just like a bubble bath for your mind at the, you know, for, for yourself at the time, because its effects are so uh, long lasting. When, when people say things like, oh, I don't have time for that. I don't have time for that. Because one of the biggest challenges that I see is, especially for those of us who love to serve, it's putting everybody else first and ourselves last at the list, right? Can, can you, mm-hmm. Who else has done that, right? Everybody <laughs> else comes first, ourselves are last. So one of the things that I, I really emphasize is we cannot give from an empty cup. We must learn to serve self and through self. We, we, we have to learn certain things are non-negotiable. Like my meditation practice is non-negotiable. It's a non-negotiable. It's the way that I have the ability to go on and do the rest of the things that I do in my day and have the, the type of schedule that I do because I make that time for myself. And I know that investment into myself, it's so on a brain-based level, what's happening when I meditate is I'm, we're basically real, teaching the amygdala, which is the, the part of our brain that, uh, that says danger, you know, the emotional center of our brain that when we're in egoic operation and life is throwing us things, often there's a thing called amygdala hijack. We get uh, overridden with the chemicals of, oh, gotta get this done, stress chemicals, cortisol will flood through our bodies and We'll, we'll feel that urgency. And I really like to train people to move beyond that stage of operating to recognize that actually the results you create will come from the state that you're in. Mm-hmm. Right? Einstein even said that, that you, know, you can't solve a problem from the same level of consciousness that created it. So, it's, so I change it around from it's not what we do but how we're being when we do the doing. And so if you can't do anything today, because the, the, there's, there's more um, energetic resources needed inward, please know that that's okay. One of the leaders that I'm coaching at the moment, he's done so much in his career and he's just taken some time out for himself right now. He's like, you know what? I really don't feel like doing anything other than meditating and playing guitar. And I'm like, then you do that. You, you follow the yes you follow what lights you up because what we need to learn how to do when we, we want to talk about turning passion into purpose is follow that inner yes. What is the thing that lights me up? That's how we give sustainably. If we learn how to serve self and through self, then we're not depleting ourselves in the process. So you take a person who just lost their job mm-hmm. and they're trying to figure out what to do next. Um, they got bills and they got all kinds of situations and circumstances that's going on in their life. When you start talking to them about consciousness, they be like, you know what? I don't really know about that, but I just need to go pay my bills and try to get something going so that I can take care of myself because that is a part of our survival mechanism to first of all, take care of our immediate needs. Yep. And and I'm ex- and I'm saying that to say that there was a time in my life where I didn't know which way to go. There was a time there was death and destruction and all kinds of negative things around me that 
could have pulled me into some really bad, dark places because I had a, a good foundation growing up. And I would say a foundation where I had a strong mother and I had a crazy father. And it's so funny how having those two instances in your household helped you develop a survival mechanism and a loving mechanism. You know, it's interesting because as I started to go through my challenges in life and trying to find myself and to try to, after my parents had passed away and just trying to figure it out, um, I came to some places where I'm like, well, what is this all about? I mean, why am I in this in these particular situations? Why am I going through this situation? And it could have been, I could have made some really bad choices. And when I look back on that where I am now, what I realized is that when I came here, when I showed up, time, space, reality that we're living in, in this body, I showed up for a purpose. And I showed up to go through things, to evolve, to become that mm. that is a part of this evolution. And so when I look at back at my situation, I can say it was bad, it was good, it was right, it was wrong. I don't judge it anymore because the trials and tribulations that I went through helped me to constantly become who I am. And it's not the money, it's not the cars, it's not none of that. It is who you have become as a result of your evolution. And that's the light. And that's the light that we all bring into this time-space reality. So each one of us is a beautiful expression, like a flower expressing themselves in our own way. Whether it's cleaning toilets or whether it's being a president or whether it's being a professor and all of that, it's not what you do. It's how you do what you do and the modality that flows through you into what you do that brings a higher level of consciousness in this time-space reality to transform people to another level to create a greater good. And so when I look back at the coaching and the teaching that you bring to the table, what I try to do is try to create a scenario because you got those people that's out there on the edge that don't know which way to go and I want to try to bring some perspective to those people as well to see how we can bring them into the fold and cause them to be a part of this light that you are. I am so, so grateful that you spoke to that aspect that all of our trials and tribulations, if we can get past that, that judging them as, uh, you know, um, this is a bad thing that happened to me, we can see the blessing in them in terms of, uh, serving us in our becoming. Everything serves us in our becoming. All of it does. And and those those moments where, I mean, it is a very real thing when we when when our our system is in survival. And actually one of one of the people I serve, his greatest gains on a spiritual level came from when he was that I'm just going to use the word devastated mm-hmm. by life because I, I don't know what, like, I don't want to give too much content, but if you just imagine everything that your ego clings to being stripped away all at the same time, 
this is the I'm going to use the word blessing that this this man had put upon him because this is the blessing that he had and it was shat it shattered him it, it did but because it shattered him it let in more light it let in more light and so it, he he could not rely upon the things that he once did to to cope to to you know that those egoic strategies weren't effective anymore and so he was driven to the depths of who he is and in that process this becoming of the essential of the authentic of of a of a more enlightened way of being and uh you know it's it it's by grace Uh, there's no other way i can i can say it well so our our struggles are 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 important in that way go ahead well i mean speaking of struggle i i think that suffering plays a noble role in your evolution. See, if you mm-hmm. were in a bad dream, if you were having a bad dream, you would be more likely to wake up than somebody having a good dream. Yes. So the struggles yes. that we are uh, experiencing causes us to wake up to a place of acceptance and surrender. You know, they say if Jesus hadn't carried the cross, he wouldn't be able to wear a crown. And that's all of our journey. It's all of our journey to to evolve to that higher consciousness. But the barrier that causes us to suffer is most of our suffering is is, is self-inflicted and psychological. Mm. And in in that, you know, the the thoughts and emotions that trigger our reactions to our how we react to things that's in the past or looking for something in the future. And there is no past or there is no future. There's just now. And so when we're stuck in our ego and we're stuck in our emotions and we're stuck in our thoughts, then unless somebody say, hey, things happen to suffer so that you can wake up, that is a part of the evolution. And I say, you know, when people talk about what's good or what's bad or I don't have money or this person have money, they fortune and the things of that nature, I look at it as what is good and what is bad. If I'm more likely to wake up to my essential self because of what I'm going through, who's who's what is good and what is bad? Or if you're so comfortable in doing what you're doing and having all of the things that you need, you can't become the best that you can be. And I'm not saying that you can't, but it's more likely that you will if you're suffering. And it sort of reminds me of the caterpillar and a butterfly situation where it was this caterpillar. And it was becoming a butterfly. It was a part of its evolution. It was a part of the nature. And it was struggling to get out of its cocoon. And what happened was somebody came along and said, oh, poor butterfly. And it opened up the cocoon for him and he couldn't fly. He fell on the ground and he got ate up. But then there was this other butterfly. He was struggling and he was fighting and he was trying to come out of his cocoon and he was developing muscles and he was developing character. So once he got out of his cocoon, he was able to fly away. So the question becomes, what is good and what is bad based on our perception? Oh, I love it. I love it. So my master message did the Divya Darling brand illuminate the infinite is it's all good. It's all God. <laughs> it's all God. I love it. <laughs> So, Divya, I want to take you back to that entrepreneur attitude and the set of characteristics that makes for a successful entrepreneur. What are the three traits and what are three traits and how can our listeners maximize this attitude? 
So three traits that I would say are essential, valuable for entrepreneurial attitude. One would be equanimity. And equanimity is a fancy word, a fancy way of saying presence. We're present to what's here. And when we're actually truly present, there's an awareness of, I don't know if you've heard, there's this one classic story about um, a farmer whose son goes, goes off to uh, so classic, a farmer who, who breaks, whose son breaks his leg, right? Mm-hmm. And the, the villagers are like, oh, your son broke your leg. It's like such horrible news. And he's like, oh, good, bad, who knows? And then, uh, then actually it's the horse that runs away. The step before that is like the, the horse runs away. And again, the villagers, oh, such a terrible thing, you know? Uh, and he's like, oh, good, bad, who knows? And then the horse comes back. Oh, great. The horse has come back. And, and the, over time, basically what ends up happening is these different perspectives of when, when the army comes and then the son isn't able to be enlisted because he has a broken leg. Then they're like, oh, such good news. Your son's here. And so it's like the exact same thing. He's broken his leg. Such terrible news. Oh, but, you know, he's broken his leg, so he can't be enlisted in the army. Such great news. And back and forth like that. The horse runs away. And then, but then, you know, there was another thing with horses trampling the fields. And so really, it's this recognition of every single thing that happens is a matter of perspective. And when we have equanimity, we have presence, we recognize we actually don't know. So that's a really key part of an entrepreneurial attitude, equanimity and cultivated. How do we cultivate that meditation? Meditation is key for that. Another thing that I would say is self-awareness, also cultivated by meditation. Self-awareness is this recognition of like, when we know, who am I really? What, you know, I'm, I'm aware of the thoughts and the feelings that flow through my body. And I know that I'm not that. And when we know that, you know, I'm not my thoughts, I'm not my feelings, there's spaciousness there. So the more equanimity, the presence we have, self-awareness we have. And then the last thing would be focused and directed mindset, where we're able to put our attention on, you know, this is my goal. Let me put my attention there. Let me focus there. Also cultivated through meditation, because we put our attention on either the breath, staying empty, a mantra, depending on the type of meditation we're doing. So all of these things, presence, you know, equanimity, self-awareness, uh, focused mind, these are key to an entrepreneurial mindset. Absolutely key. Any entrepreneur will benefit from these skills and they can all be cultivated through meditation. Mm-hmm. Awesome. 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 All right. Okay. So how would you describe a success mindset? And what's the definition of success to you? Well, I would say a success mindset and entrepreneurial attitude are pretty much the same. Got it. Those same traits, they're they're (laughs) identical to me. And so success is basically having, doing, and being that which is deeply aligned on an essential level, on a soul level. I think of each of us like Emmanuel is a, a thought in the mind of the divine. Mm-hmm. So there's an essence, there's a quality, you know, Angela, a thought in the mind of the divine. There's, there's, a, there's a specific like 
when the divine was like, I'll create a hibiscus flower. I'll create a coconut tree, whatever it is. It's like there's a, there's a quality to each of these. that's like, oh, well, what is that? And so the more awareness we have of, on a soul level, what, what is it that lights me up? What is it that I, you know, that I actually love to do? And so back to your uh, comment earlier about how suffering serves us, Emmanuel. Like I, I, when I talk about success, I often, often reference uh, Viktor Frankl, Dr. Viktor Frankl mm-hmm. from Man's Search for Meaning, one of my favorite books. He's the creator of logotherapy. And this is a, a, a modality around understanding what is meaningful. How do we create meaning in our lives? So how can, we can't have, we can't know what success is unless we know what's meaningful for us. So for me, what is my personal uh, definition of success? Look, it's evolved over the years. It absolutely has. Um, at one point in meditation, I got told, if you're breathing, you're succeeding. <laughs> and that was my mantra. And the reason why I got that was because I was burning out at that season in my life. I was on the brink of breakdown. I was so burnt out. And it was because I still had that, that you know, we, we have that service-oriented heart, but I hadn't learned how to serve self first. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't serving sustainably. I wasn't serving sustainably. I was basically filling everybody else's cup and mine was on empty. Mm -hmm. And, And it's just not the way it works in the transformational leadership. The way it works is we, we learn to serve through self. And in that way, it's actually the ripples are, are, far-reaching, longer-lasting, because it comes from a, from a deeply embodied transformational level, right? Like, I'm not, I'm not telling you the things that I want to hear. My, you know, the presence is speaking for itself because I've, I'm deeply listening to what's going on inside myself. Mm-hmm. So for me, you know, meditation, for me, success at, at this stage of my life, it's just this quality of a meditative mind. And, and that's no matter what I'm doing. Like that's the quality of, you know, it doesn't matter what I'm doing that I have that peaceful um, uh, approach. And it's like the other day, you know, someone uh, knocked over my motorbike and she was like, I'm so like, you got a brand new motorbike and I, and, and um, you know, I've, I've, I've knocked it over and I was just like, things happen. (laughs) Like, you know, my nervous system is regulated. It was like, that's okay. It's, it, you know, and these things, this is success to me because it's my ability to remain balanced because I would, I'd like to challenge what, what you said when you said most of our suffering. Are you open to me challenging you to say it's actually all of our suffering? Uh-oh. Okay. So from... now, now you got something started. <laughs> <laughs> all of our suffering comes from the story that we've made up because if not, things just are, you know, mm-hmm. they just are. It's not good. It's not bad. They just are, you know, how do I know the, the, the value of, you know, what's going to happen down the line? I, I don't, this, I have, I have so many examples in my life in clients' lives, how the thing that we had thought was like, this is terrible and catastrophic has just been the greatest blessing. That was great. And I, and I did get some aha moments when you was talking, but I do want to go back to suffering because I think that's a very um, important topic. When you look at okay, now hold on. I just want to interrupt. Most people will listen to this 
portion of our discussion here. They're like, what? Suffering? What, what, wait, wait, why do you want to talk about suffering? I thought this was about success and turning your passion into purpose. Hold on, suffering? Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 think, I, I think that suffering is a part of turning our passion into success because if we hadn't had the situations that, we, that forces us to grow, then we will stay stuck. But I kind of want to clarify suffering a little bit more. And I do agree that a lot of our most, all of our suffering comes oh, from. Oh, she said all. Oh, so that's what we're well, talking about but, now. But then I want to clarify a little <laughs> bit as well. Because when you talk about suffering, what's underneath suffering? Underneath mm. suffering is, is fear. Right? Underneath suffering is fear. So I want to go a little bit deeper. And underneath fear is pain. So if it wasn't for the pain, we wouldn't have the fear then the suffering wouldn't be there. So when you talk about pain and self-suffering, when you are suffering psychologically, something happened 10 years ago, and your mind took a, a, a shot of that situation, and every time you visit that emotion, that thought, it triggers a emotion that causes you to become uptight. It causes you to become afraid. The body don't know the difference if something is happening real or if it's happening um, in a dreamlike state. So our body is going to react and respond. And so when I talk about a lot of our suffering, suffering can range from boredom to complete enragement to being afraid to, you know, it's different range of suffering. And it all has everything to do with our state of consciousness. It goes back to what you talked about our state of consciousness. And I want to go back to that place, that story you told about the guy falling off the horse. Cause I think that was a wonderful story in that when we tend to judge from our unconscious conditioned mind, we lose ourselves in that moment. And in losing ourselves in that moment, our body is going to go into this dreamlike state and we're going to react in a way where we're going to become unconscious. So if you have enough awareness not to judge and you have enough space to say, huh, was it good or was it bad? Maybe. And or if we become so attached to a situation, relationships, that we lose ourselves, which means we give the exterior forces around us, the people around us, the power to determine how we feel and we depend on that, we tend to lose ourselves, whether it's good or whether it's bad, it's both unconsciousness in terms of you can feel so good you can lose unconsciousness and you can feel so bad that you can lose yourself in unconsciousness. So when we have enough awareness to not be attached and not judge and have enough space to be in non-resistance, to be able to be aware enough to be aware, then we tend to be able to walk in line with our essential self and the human nature of who we are. And that's the dance of life. So to me, success is a successful present moment. A successful present moment where you are aware that you are aware. You're aligning yourself up with something that you're doing that causes you to feel joy, causes you to feel enthusiasm, or causes you to be in non-resistance. And you are a tool now, and you are a vessel in this time-space reality where that emotion, that energy, that joy is flowing through you to make the world a better place. So whether you are a 
basketball player or whether you are a school teacher, success is being in alignment with your higher consciousness and being the human being, allowing that beingness to flow through you as a human being, as a vessel to make the world a better place. To me, when I first started being an entrepreneur, I'm like, success is making a lot of money and doing this and doing that and this, that, and the other. But I found out that as I started to step into the unknown and I started to become and I started to deal with those fears and I started to become comfortable with being uncomfortable, the value of it is not what I accomplished, but who I have become. Because who I have become is going to manifest and attract the joy and everything that I need around me anyway. Really well said. I, there's so many quotables in that. Like <laughs> come from that segment right there. Oh, goodness. Yes. Oh. I, I think together, you guys are bringing it out of one another, which is definitely the energy that's in the air. And we all feel it in the studio. And I know our listeners will feel it, too. So where do we go from here? Um, so so let's, let's talk about one thing. What would you say is our most underutilized assets? So from the standpoint of we are entrepreneur, we're striving to be successful. What are those areas that you would say is the most underutilized? Hands down our brains. Ah, Hands down our brains. Of course, yes. uh, a neural scientist <laughs> would say that. Or one who studies neuroscience would say that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And and the reason why is because most people think that they have one brain, a head brain. A brain is defined as a complex adaptive neural network. And in reality, we have three brains. The head, the heart, and the gut are all bona fide complex adaptive neural networks. Now, we live in a world that is highly head-brain dominant. And because it's highly head-brain dominant, we have a lot of the issues that we have today where people are disconnected and struggling because they are not utilizing the intelligence of the heart brain, of the gut brain. And let me tell you, each of these brains have unique intelligence. They do different things, right? We cannot, when we're talking about passion, when we're talking about purpose, that's heart-brain stuff. Most people go to the head brain for that, and then they wonder why they're confused and they don't have any clarity. You don't get that from the head brain. You get that from the heart brain, mm. right? So, so when we, when we, I can talk about this for ages, like, <laughs> we really, really have to understand how to operate ourselves to get the most out of ourselves. Yeah. When our head brain, heart brain, and gut brain are in alignment, oof, watch out world, the wisdom that uh, emanates from that. That's when we have, that's when we really feel that visceral sense of I'm on path, I'm making a difference. And I feel rejuvenated in the process. So I know you're going to say how you get their meditation. (laughs) But if someone is struggling, how do I tap into that alignment of those three brains? Oh, perfect. I have a freebie for that. Okay. I have a freebie for that. It, it's called the Clarity Meditation. I'll make that as a downloadable link. Awesome. 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 I have a freebie for that. Absolutely, I do. And I'll guide you through the process of the highest order operating of the, the head brain is creativity. Highest order operating of the heart brain is compassion. 
and the highest or operating order of the uh, gut brain is courage. So when the three are in sync, we've got courage, we've got compassion, we've got creativity, the wisdom that flows from that space, that that alignment is, is very potent. So if anytime anyone's struggling with decision making, often I'm like, have you done multiple brain integration techniques? And I have this uh, uh, meditation I can send, so it'll be available for your uh, listeners. I'll, we'll make sure we have the link. Oh, in the show my gosh. Now you gave a freebie. Look out. This is going to be the best episode ever. Okay. <laughs> that is really exciting. Well, you know, one of the, I, one of the things that I wanted your opinion on, uh, Einstein made a statement. And he said that most people, most scientists, is don't know how to create. I mean, I, I don't know, but it, it goes because it's not because they know how to think. It's because they know how not know how to think. It's because they don't know how to not think, which mm. means which means to create that space of creativity. Uh, he says something to the fact that it's not because they don't know how to think because they know how to think. It's because they don't get to that next level because they don't know not how to think. And I know that, you know, he has said the problems of the mind cannot be solved on the level of the mind because the mind is the problem. So in that, my question becomes, that is a transcendent state of conscious awareness. And how do you teach people or not teach people, but instruct and help people that consciousness cannot be named and is non-conceptual and is intangible, but it's the essence of all. How do you connect with something that is you can't see, touch, taste, smell, but at the same time, it's the most essential part of who you are, and I have to learn how to connect with that and utilize it in my everyday life to make my life better? The question that I'm hearing in that, uh, the question I'm hearing is, can we give our listeners a direct experience of understanding, a direct experience? So it's not a conceptual understanding, but a direct experience, an embodied experience of what is it like to experience pure consciousness? Let me sit back. That's how I'm hearing. Yeah, very simple. Very simple. And it is very simple. And here, and the reason why it's very simple, because it is as simple as being here now. So we can just become aware. Now, it doesn't matter if listeners, if you're driving, driving your car, running on a treadmill, just become aware of where you are. Become aware of your surroundings. Allow yourself to notice what you notice. Let the eyes take in whatever's in front of you. Let the ears hear the sounds around you. Feel your body making contact with whatever it's making contact with. And as you continue to bring your awareness to what is here now, you can notice. Notice that there is a quality of awareness. That is unnameable. It's just a quality of I am. And that quality of awareness, as you let go of the stories in the mind of what follows that, let go of any ideas of of who you think you are, and just let 
yourself be present in your senses, fully here in this moment. Bring your awareness to the breath. Notice the feeling as the chest rises and falls, the belly expands and contracts, and you follow the breath and let yourself let go. The mind will continue to grasp. You are the one that's aware of it. The mind will continue to think thoughts. It's its job. That's okay. The body, the heart is beating the way the heart beats. And the mind is thinking thoughts if it is. And you can just continue to be aware. You are the witness. And everything that you're observing, you are observing because you are here and able to observe. Simple, isn't it? That was beautiful. Oh, wow. That was beautiful. And 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 then and, and listening to your words, taking me into that depth of consciousness, all my problems went away. We cannot have problems and be conscious at the same time. That's just the beauty of it. So, Divya, not only that all of our problems go away, all of our questions went away, too. <laughs> be with each other and so I, I host silent retreats it's another thing I absolutely love to do is just be with people in silence oh I love it so much that was awesome so Divya that that was exciting and I'm sorry all the questions did actually go away so with that um, how can our listeners get in touch with you we think that is so important because you have shared enough with us. I mean, literally, we have you on speed down now. So, you know, don't try to run off. Don't change your phone number because we're after you. But how can our listeners get in touch with you? Yeah, well, so you can find me at DiviaDarling.com, D-I-V-Y-A, darling, like sweetie darling, D-I-L-I-N-G.com, and also IlluminateTheInfinite.com. And uh, so both of those are the digital homes of my body of work. And then, of course, I'm on Instagram under divdarl and uh, illuminate.theinfinite. Illuminate.the.infinite uh, is the, the, the two Instagram ones. LinkedIn and Facebook, there's have a beautiful uh, team that supports me with the socials. And so there's a presence on all of those. That is so exciting. You have been a dynamic guest well, slash host. Well, you okay. know, in, 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 in leaving, I just want to thank you for your nuggets of wisdom and knowledge. And you've committed your life to a profession that you give to the world. 20 plus and, years. Yes. And I will say, too, that our engineer here, who is a wonderful guy, um, a business owner. I am an entrepreneur. I am a business owner. And it's interesting how when Karen walked in a room, she got a chill because of the energy and the vibration that is among us. And I look at all of this as awakened doing. I look at it as if we're utilizing our gifts and our talents and our abilities to uplift our community, to awaken those who are trapped in their thoughts and emotions. And using, utilize, goes back to what our podcast is about, utilizing our gifts and talents to help awaken people. And I call that awaken doing. So thank you for bringing your talents and your gifts to this moment and bringing a present moment into this space 
and hopefully our listeners will have been able to get some knowledge, some nuggets of wisdom that they can take with them and make their lives a better a better world. All right. Before I close out, I just want to remind everybody that's Divya Darling, D-I-V-Y-A-D-A-R-L-I-N-G.com. And on our website, you'll see my job. Nope. My joy is supporting you in the discovery of yourself. Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Had to go back to it. So thank you so much for that, Divya. So (laughs) did did you have a, a few words in closing? I, I want to make sure I give you that no, opportunity. Awakened doing is just such a beautiful way to to phrase it, Emmanuel. I've, I've really enjoyed our conversation. I feel enriched by our conversation this morning. So thank you so much for the privilege. We do as well. Thank you. So you've been listening to more details, please, on Phoenix Business Radio X. This podcast is brought to you by Detail Experts, the mobile steam cleaning company that saves the planet one franchise at a time. So until next time, We're Angela and Emmanuel Williams. Thank you for listening to More Details, Please. Presented by Emmanuel and Angela Williams from Detail Experts, the mobile steam cleaning company dedicated to protecting the planet. Be sure to subscribe to More Details, Please, on your favorite podcast platform. You can also follow us on Facebook at Detail Experts and visit detailexperts.net. That's D-E-T-A-I-L-X-P-E-R-T-S dot net. We hope you've gained some valuable insights from our conversations today. Stay driven by curiosity, and we'll bring you more details next time.